Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me. Happy Easter. You can get involved by going to my the YouTube chat line and I can take your questions and comments as it is happening. And good morning, everybody here. Happy Easter. So let's get the jacket out of the way. <laughs> it's bright. It's good contrast for you, brother. That's right. Black and white is beautiful. <laughs> it's a loud color. It's spring. Did you know it's springtime? Yeah. Right. Uh huh. And white is beautiful. <laughs> so I thought I wear white. My godson was like. It's boring. Did you say boring? No. What did you say? I just said it's a little bright. Oh, uh, I said I'd rather be bright than typical. <laughs> and normally black people are not allowed to wear white on TV because it makes you look blacker on TV. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whatever I do, they're starting to change a little bit. I think technology has gotten a little better. But they tell you, don't wear white, don't wear white. But white people can wear white. But black people can't wear white. Isn't that amazing? People need a lot of makeup, too. A lot of makeup. Otherwise, we look like fried chicken. (laughs) Greasy fried chicken. (laughs) So, it's Easter time. Isn't that amazing? And um, the one thing I do want to mention before I get to what's on your mind is that I've come to realize that most Christians, not all, not all, not all, but most, have not realized God yet. That they're weak in nature. They, uh, they have fear and doubt. I notice that when I ask my biblical question on my radio show every week, I ask for an answer, but all I get back are scriptures. They don't really give you ins- uh, inspiring answers. It's just scriptures after scripture. And then I realized that most Christians, it's not their fault yet, but that's what they've been taught by the parents, by the preachers, just to read and quote scriptures. And they don't live with power and authority. They don't live a life free from fear and doubt and worry. And so it's like Jesus died and made that possible and so he rose today so that you could be free of all that. And yet most Christians have all that. And then they are intellectually involved. And so when they do communicate, it's like an intellectual person. No wisdom at all. Most Christians don't even know that um, the kingdom of heaven is within. And that you must live, if you're born again of God, you live from that kingdom. Not from the world. You be in the world, but not of it. Uh, and you live from inspiration and not from knowledge. You should not ever, ever, ever hold on to knowledge. Because what knowledge does, if you hold on to it, it perverts you. It deceives you. It makes you think you know what you don't know. Um, it also takes away your power to fight evil. Because the battle is a battle between good and evil. And Christ... When, when uh, Adam and did what he did, he believed into the lie, everything fell apart, and we had no way out. Adam was guilty. He could not save us. And so God sent his only begotten son, Christ, and Christ came, and everything is reversed. It put right back in order. It really is. But the, the children, the people who claim to be children of God are not living it as though they know that everything has been put back to order. But it really has. You have, and it's so simple to return to the Father. Simply get to know yourself. Notice that you have pride, which is anger, which is the nature of the devil, and realize that you're wrong. That's all it takes. And you can be back home just like that. You can return to the Father. Just realize that you're wrong. It's not about anyone else. It's about you. It doesn't matter what people say, what they do, how they act, how they talk about you. It doesn't matter how much money you have or anything. It's just a simple return to the Father and start living. 
I was telling some, some of the bond guys the other day that it's so amazing that you can live a life free of the mind of the devil. And when you live a life free of the thoughts, which is the mind of the devil, it's like you have nothing to hold on to, and yet things are happening. And it doesn't feel like anything is happening. You can't taste it, touch it, but your life is working. It is so amazing. I, I want to use the word weird, but it's a blessing that it's like that. The, the more you stay away from the uh, darkness of your imagination, the freer you become. And then you notice you're just living what's in front of you. Your life is unfolding and everything is working out. And, and you can't see God and you don't feel it, but it's working. And so Christ came and, and did all that because he was innocent. You know, he wasn't guilty as we are. And he was able to make it so that if we believe in him, that we can be fine. It's just simple. That's all it is. But we've been made to believe it's complicated. You got to learn the Bible. You got to whatever they say. Go to school. You don't have to do all that. As a matter of fact, forgive me for saying this. The less education you have, the better off you are to return into the Father. Because have you noticed that the people with degrees are like nutcases? Really, they are so crazy. <laughs> Even if they have the degree of the Bible. Because a lot of people go to school now and get a... Did you ever imagine going to school to get a, a degree in the Bible? You just listen to what some preacher said about the Bible. They give you a degree... And then you go set up shop and just start repeating what the preacher said. And everybody go, amen, praise the Lord, and all that stuff. It's time to return to the Father and live. And so what I want to do, I want to ask my biblical question here today. How many of you are Christians already? Oh, good. Oh, good. And the rest of you are sinners? <laughs> right? Non-Christians? Oh, good. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, turn to, this is my biblical question from uh, John 14, 12. This is so good. This is mind-blowing, and yet so true. Bible, go to God. Turn to Matthew. Turn to John 14, 12. This is so good. And then I want to know how many of you Christians are living this way. All right. Let me read it first and then I get to you. This is so good. And most people haven't even thought about this. And it's in the Bible, but they, I notice how the Christians, they skip over the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you should be perfect. Be ye perfect as your father is perfect. Be holy if, as God is holy. They said, no, you can't be perfect. They don't even deal with that in the church. Um, so, 1412. John. In all truth, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. In all truth, I tell you, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself and will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father. So, isn't that amazing? So if you believe in Jesus, you should not only be doing the worst that he did, but greater worse than Jesus. And most Christians are afraid to even think about doing great. How am I going to say I'm doing greater worse than Jesus? And I know why that is, too, in a minute. So you say you're doing greater worse than Jesus? Yes, sir. This is your first time here? Yeah. What's your name? My name's Robert Elliott. Oh, Robert, thanks for coming. I actually came here to thank you. And I'm glad you asked this question because just to give you a background of the kind of person I was, and this is to add emphasis, is that I would sooner cut a man's throat and dance in his blood than forgive him. Wow. And uh, in my life, I never thought you could be without anger. Uh, I used to live on the south side of Chicago. I was born and raised in Long Beach, California. And in my family, that's all there was was anger. And uh, I caught you on the Internet. And I'm going to be honest with you. I judge you like everyone else. Uh, you know, just jokingly, I thought you deserved that Coon Award. <laughs> wow. 
And, uh, I totally I, understand it. But I told myself, I said, you know, let me give the brother a chance. Let me just do what he says and see what happens. So uh, just like he told me, I went to forgive my parents, and that's what happened. I realized yeah. I was a woman. Yeah. And it was choking up in my throat, and I was like, what's going on? What the yeah. hell? And uh, so I learned the true path to salvation, which was uh, to bear our cross and in the end to forgive. Yeah. And as we do, God will forgive us. Yeah. And uh, so when that anger, it went, I told myself, if, if this is true and if I can get rid of this anger, I'll dedicate my life to God. And I didn't realize that. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to dedicate. Uh-huh. He just does it. I just let go and let him do it. Now, hold that point. The next time a Christian tell you, they, oh, I've dedicated my life to God. Tell them to go sit down. Yeah. That, that's just a made-up thing yeah. to make you feel good by not being a, a son or a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. How are you going to dedicate your life to God when you have no, authority, no, no control over anything? Yeah. So, so that I, I understand that now, but uh, just to tease you, the part that you didn't tell me was is that the revelations start coming and God starts putting uh, tasks in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a responsibility that comes with it, but it's not a bad thing. It's actually uh, you gain joy out of it. Absolutely. And uh, I didn't know that I could do greater works than Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I, I, was, I grew up in a Baptist church. Uh, they turned me away from God. They were judgmental, very angry, uh, very bitter people. They put, on the, they put on the image of a sheep, but they were all wolves. Yeah. And... Uh, and I held a grudge for 30 years against my father. He, was, he wasn't around. Uh, he took off. And uh, to me, I was just like, well, I'm a man. I'm of my own. You know, I'm in these streets. I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. Uh, the truth is we don't. We don't know yeah. how to do anything. That's right. And that's why I that's understand amazing. now through Revelation just to let go and let God because this is not our life. It's his. We're just, it's on loan to us. Yeah. And if we just let go and let him do the work, life's a lot easier. And so you went to your father and mother? I, well, first I went to my mother because it was easier to go to her because, you know, I, I cared for her deeply. Right. And uh, and when you said, you know, uh, you're emotional like a woman, I was like, what is this man talking about? <laughs> and I realized I was. I yeah. had a lot of anger. And to be emotion is not to be not caring, but it's to be not in control of your emotion. What and did you say to your mother? I told her that uh, I apologized for resenting her. Uh, I realize now that I resented her because she was angry, too. Yeah. She had a, a poor life. She used to eat out of garbage cans. She had a terrible life. Amazing. And uh, I apologize for, resi- for resenting her, sorry, and, uh, and that I forgive her because I knew if had she known better, she would have done That's that. That's right. And what was her response? Uh, shocking because <laughs> she knows her son, right. and that was not her son that day. Yeah. And I did the same thing for my father. And now him, he's uh, one of those, uh, you know, I'm a Christian types. Right. Got all kinds of the spirit of anger in them, think they're going to heaven. <laughs> and so what happened? And uh, so I did the same thing with him. I told him, I said, I apologize all these years for resenting you, for hating you. And I forgive you. And he, he went on his ramble, you know, forgive me for what? I didn't do nothing to you and this, that, and the other. But it didn't get nothing out of me. He That's didn't grab right. my goat because there was no anger there to get. Amazing, man. And uh, so How old are you? I'm 31. Right on. Yeah, I'm 31. So I, I came here to thank you. You're welcome, man. you saved my life, but God saved my soul. That's right. So, are you doing the silent, my silent prayer? Yeah, I do. Make sure you stay prayer. with I, that. Yeah, I stay. I just be still yes. and know myself and God will do the rest. That's right. I, I don't have to do nothing. It's so easy. Wow. <laughs> so I thank you, Mr. Peterson. Well, God, what's your first name? Robert. Robert, God bless you, man. God bless you, brother. If you stay with the prayer, uh-huh. you have not seen anything yet. You're right. It yeah. just keeps coming. Yeah. And I'm, I have to write all this stuff down. Now I know why you wrote all these books. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Peterson. You're welcome, man. We can, uh, in church, take offering and go home. There's nothing else to say. I know we're having an Easter thing here, but that's all it takes. I had a guy call my radio show, and he said that his parents came to visit, and he went and forgave, you know, he forgave them while they were there. He dealt with them. And now, the moment he forgave them, he, he became free, and it doesn't feel like he has a past. It doesn't feel like he has, you know, nothing ever happened. And that's so true. 
when you truly forgive and God forgive you, it's going to feel like you have no past or no future. None. It's like you're just living. And before you forgive, you always think about that. What happened to me? Who did it? Why they did it? And you get mad. But when you forgive, you forget. It's like it never, ever happened. So when someone tells you that I'm going to forgive you, but I won't forget, stay away from that person. (laughs) That's not a forgiving person because a forgiving person will forget. It's just so amazing how it's like that. All right. So forget. That's amazing, man. That, well, now you are because the same spirit yeah. that showed me it is showing you. Right and that's the beauty of it. It's all there, but your anger is blocking it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. That's the only reason you can't see it, because you are a judgmental person, mm-hmm. an evil person. And so but once you forgive that darkness will be taken away and you shall be free. Isn't that amazing? Is this your first time here? And so, where are you from? What's your name? Um, I'm Liam. I'm from the UK. From the UK? Wow. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. That's amazing. And how did you hear about us? Um, Me, me mum, and me brother. That's your mother? Yeah, yeah. We watch it on YouTube. Me (laughs) mum. Hi, me (laughs) mum. How old are you? 16. Yeah. So, have you forgiven your mother? Yeah, I've got none to forgive her for. She's given me a good life, so... I'm happy. And how about your father? Yeah, me that same. Yeah. Right on, man. As long as you speak up, but don't be angry, your life is going to be something else. It really, especially since you're so young. You have a chance. That's great. And what's your name? I'm Natalie. Oh, hi, Natalie. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. And um, so, have you let go of your anger? Um, yeah, I think so. With watching, you know, getting advice. Yeah. Yourself and stuff like that. And you, let's talk about it. Don't me, 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 older, me, older son's a really big fan of yours. Oh, okay. And um, <clears throat> we go deep, you know, we just talk. And so it's good. Learning, I'm learning all the time. Right on. Are you doing my silent prayer? No. I, I Make sure you guys do the prayer. Okay. You need the prayer because it, it connects you to the, the light within. Okay. And it'll help you. All right. It's on yeah. my website. At yeah. rebuildingtheman.com slash church. Okay. And how long are you going to be here? And um, we go home next Sunday. We've uh, been here a week. I love the way you, you guys talk. Yeah, we're, we're from Liverpool, so we've got a very distinct accent. Yeah. Um, it's, well, see, people say that, but our accent comes from Irish, Scottish, and the Welsh. Um, like that's, so this is where the Scouse accent then comes from. It's all, it's like Irish, Scottish, and Welsh all mixed into each other. And then you get a Liverpool accent. Right. So, That's so amazing. So yeah. you guys are just here visiting? The, yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to the States. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank welcome. You. Any me. questions for me? Um, my head's gone black. <laughs> I can't think of <laughs> Well, if anything pop up, let me know. Yeah. Just, and I'll come to you. Oh, Isn't that amazing? You. I was thinking the other day that the same spirit that dwells in the United States, it dwells everywhere. All human beings are having the same problem. You're either on the side of good or you're on the side of evil. And it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with male or female. It's the God that you serve. If you have any iota of anger, Satan is your father. Any iota, or if you have good, if you have returned to good, then God is your father. That's how it is. Um, is this your first time here? This your first time? Oh, what's your name? Tina. And how did you hear about us? I'm a friend. Oh, yeah? yeah. And where are you from? I'm born and raised in Long Beach. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. Thank you. Any questions for me? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. What do you think? You watch the, vi- the videos and stuff? YouTube? I haven't yet, no. You haven't? Oh, okay. That's good. Well, if anything pops up, let me know. Thank you. All right. So let me ask, who else said that they were Christians? You said you were a Christian, right? Oh, let me ask. Let me do Mary. So, Mary, you are a Christian? Uh, I am. And are you doing greater works than Jesus? No. And why not? Because I, 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 didn't, I don't know that I can. I just don't know that I can. And had you thought about this before? Like, wow, I'm supposed to be a Christian, and I'm not doing greater works. 
No, I hadn't thought about it, but I, I real I I realize that Jesus was our example, but no I haven't. Yeah. Poor Mary. Been able. How about uh right behind Mary? You're a Christian, right? Yes. And are you doing greater works than Jesus? I can't say that I am, no. And have you thought about this before? No. It was a new scripture for me. That's the first time you ever heard it? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. And so now that you hear it, are you going to go out today and do some greater works? <laughs> well, it's kind of like you said about um, dedicating your life. I'm, I'm going to be open to it, and I'm going to do where I'm going to go where God leads me. But yeah. I don't know that I can say I'm going to go do a greater work because right. I don't know what that work is right now. Right on. But I'm open to it for sure. Good. Isn't it amazing that we're supposed to be doing greater works than Jesus? Yes. And a lot of people are afraid to admit that we should because they, they see Jesus as God. Mm-hmm. And how can you do greater works than God? But Jesus is not God. He's the son of God. Right. And the father sent him so we can become children of sons and daughters of him as well, of his as well. But if you think Jesus is God, you wouldn't even dare think that at all. And I realize on the show this week, a lot of people are afraid to think that way because they've been told that Jesus is God. Right. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yeah. How about you, Ed? I know you're a good Christian. <laughs> Great you, work. You do. Good. So it's all done. I don't have to answer any more questions. <laughs> You notice I didn't raise my hand because I knew there was you were going to ask some profound question. I go, <laughs> no, I'm not a Christian. And so, are you doing greater works? So let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing. I started to. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not doing greater works, but things are getting better. Um, one of the things that you say that always puzzles me, uh, and I never quite knew how to do it. I heard it, but I didn't know how to do it. Was when you say relax in it when you yeah. have a conflict of some kind, and so. I, you know, I'd be sitting there going, oh, okay, and, and slouch down in the chair, you know, relax in it. And for me, relaxing in it means switching off the thoughts. Yeah. And I suddenly yeah. figured that out this way. Yeah, right. first. Of course, then now I'm yelling at myself, relax in it, relax in it. No, that doesn't work quite yet either. But for me, uh, switching off the thoughts in the brain, because I would physically relax. I'd sit in a chair. Right, but I wouldn't. My brain would start picking up all the it's, slack and get busy, it, it, real busy. Yeah. So uh, I've I've begun to understand that. Yeah. And as I understand that, then I start to understand what trip has been laid on me. Yes. And that's pretty interesting. So that's about all I've been doing. It's so amazing when you had that conflict. You know, you had the doubt, the fears, the worries. You feel like killing yourself or whatever. Just relax. And just feel the pain of that. And you notice that right away the deceiver started talking to you about it. Oh, this is over. It's not going to work. But you notice that. And in a little moment of noticing that, you're with the Father. Your life is changing. Because you're letting go and allowing this to happen and going through it. And after a while, you find yourself allowing it and allowing it until you become free. Because what happens is the more you become aware of the mind of the deceiver, the less power he has over you, yep. and eventually he has to go away and start dealing with other people. There's no question. You start, you start really beginning to see how that process starts to mess your head up. Yes. Uh, and, it, and, and once it messes your head up, then everything else gets messed up. And that's why God said, bring every thought into captivity. But that, I never related this to. All See, I never related that to relax in it. <laughs> because relax to me was a physical thing. Right. Right. So no, now, it was just me feeling in here. Right. And then watch how the mind, your, your mind, the devil be trying to control you. So that's just. But that's, don't, don't, you know, don't get drunk. Don't smoke a joint. Right. Don't, don't go have yell a, a at glass someone. Of wine. Right. <laughs> no, just relax and take it. Right. Even if it lasts for a few days, just relax, go your way. It'll work itself out. It really, really will. I hear somebody making noise. Is that you, Frankie? You're just like your mama. <laughs> he brings his mother to church, and she comes with all these bags and things. And so he does the same thing. Are you done yet? No. <laughs> because you're interrupting the camera and everything. The mic. Are you done? I'm 
black people. Oh yeah, he's Mexican. Same thing. <laughs> uh, so, so you, the Bible goes to God. I know He's doing greater works. And then I got to respond to an online thing. Anybody have any questions for me? This is your day. Go ahead. You know, I've been waiting to contest you about that. Um, when Jesus said greater works, he was just playing. He was playing? Um, in the sense that you could do greater physical works, you know, physical miracles and everything, but you're never going to top him in greater works. Because, Why do you say that? Because he is... Um, top dog, for lack of a better expression, and meaning that he saved the world from sin. You know, he restored everything. There's right. no way you're going to top that. And so why you he's know, telling us that we can do it then? The greater works he's referring to is, you know, the miracles <laughs> and um, Well, I can tell you, like you won't be doing any. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the greater works he's talking about is the miracles. How do you know that? Because, like I said, you can't, you can't do a greater work than that. Amazing. Where everything's been restored. And so are you doing what you think? In my opinion. Are you doing what he th you think he... Are you doing any works? No. <laughs> like, um, uh, like, don't the previous, guy. like the previous... Don't listen to this guy. He's go-to guy. Like the previous gentleman said, um, I, um, I'm still st struggling with the you know, idea of letting go and what that all entails, you know, and that's, that's real magic. You know, that's, that's right. a real miracle for me is, is not to hold on to anything I've learned, right. especially the spiritual stuff that I learned here. Yeah. It's so, it's so um, compelling that it makes me want to kind of live it. Yeah. Know? And that's the danger. You have to become an empty glass, not a half full Empty glass. Don't remember the good and don't remember the bad. Just live. We have to become living beings. And he tell us that too. He said, consider the flowers and the trees. Consider the animals. You are greater than they are. I take care of them. Why don't, wouldn't I take care of you? So all we have to do is just live. Become a living being. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and know that whatever is happening in your life, there was no other plan that was meant to happen, and you're meant to go through it. And how and do you know that's true? If I can, well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. If I can just, like, believe that in the moment when things are rough, yeah. then I'll be on my way. Right. Yeah. Another interesting point. Don't try to believe it. You can't make yourself believe it. Of yourself, you know nothing, and of yourself, you can do nothing. You're required to do nothing. Just be aware with the silent prayer. Don't try to make yourself believe. All right. Because you can't make yourself believe. You just have to know you don't believe. That's all it's required. Yep. Isn't that something? Makes sense. Yeah. Amazing. I saw a hand. Yes. Oh, right over here. Oh, then I come here. As I'm sitting here listening to this discussion, what comes to me is that, in a way, that scripture is saying, don't limit yourself in your belief of what you can do, because I will allow you to do things greater than you ever imagined you could. Right. And so when, when he says, you'll do even greater things, what occurred to me was the fact that these people from Liverpool have heard your message from Los Angeles. <clears throat> And your message is going out worldwide. A few weeks ago, we had somebody who lived in Ghana, I think, right. who was here. And it's like every time we find these people who come and are hearing you and hearing the message, who would have ever dreamed 25 years ago that you would be touching people in That's right. all over the world? Yeah. And so when, when the scripture says, you'll do greater things than I did, you, ha you have the ability to touch more people than Jesus did in his time. Sound like greater to me. And so it, it's beyond our comprehension to know what we could do. That's right. If we throw the, if we throw the pebble in the water and the ripples go out. We, we don't even know what all we're no doing No idea. In the world. So, that's an amazing point. You're absolutely right. So what do you got to say now, Bob, a go-to guy? 
And that's why I, that's what's going to happen when you wake up. You're going to impact people's lives. And it's not you, but it's the truth that's in you. And it's going to be amazing. And you're not going to be thinking about that. I don't go around thinking, oh, I got to impact someone's life. I keep my eyes on myself. You know, I pray. I keep my eyes on myself. And I speak as given to me. And I do what's in front of me to do. And it is just happening. Who would have thought a cotton-picking plantation Uncle Tom, coon, uneducated, black man from Alabama who could barely speak clearly, that one day God will work through him to do what's happening. And you guys, are all of you are much smarter than I am. How many of you came from a plantation? See, you're smarter than me. So just imagine what's going to happen when you wake up. And you're just going to live. It's so, so amazing. And it's so simple. But you've been brainwashed with the truth. You really have. And so you're suffering unnecessarily. It's so simple. Just live. And men really need to start living. Because if the men wake up, they can bring the women and children back to order just by being a perfect example. Because women will love Unless they belong to the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, they will love a good man. They can't help but, like you're subject to Christ, women are subject to good men. And I mean like who have allowed themselves to be used or returned to the Father and just living that way. Mark, what's wrong with you? Get Mark the mic. The last couple of Sundays you've been looking crazy. Say that again? The last couple of Sundays you've been looking crazy. What's wrong? All is well. Uh, all is well? Yes, sir. So why you seem sad or in your mind? I don't know how to answer that. Oh, you're not feeling that way? No, sir. Uh, okay. All is well? Yes, sir. Does he seem different? Maybe, yeah. Not to you? It's, it's possible. Did, somebody, did you get slapped by your woman? No, I don't have a woman to slap me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all is well, huh? Yes, sir. You enjoy being with your father? Yes, I do. What have you learned about yourself? Or him by hanging out with him the last couple of weeks? I don't know. Maybe you can come back to me. You like him? Yes, I do. You do? He liked you? Yeah. Oh, okay. You are just with him? Yes. He hasn't gotten on your nerves? No. Oh, good. All right. Uh, let James have the mic. That's good. His father's visiting from Venezuela. Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Geography's a little off. Okay. So the memory. So the memory. It's only been a week. Oh yeah. Well, welcome back. Thank you. You've been having fun with your son. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, you know how kids are. You know, they, they go up and down, and you go up and down with them. How is he treating you? Great. Oh yeah. Great. But you have you. When you say up and down, what do you mean? He's 37 years old. Oh. He, he, he didn't just become 37. Does he push you around? Not at all. Does he try? No. Oh. <laughs> he knows better. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, past, present, future, Tim said, he gave a super chat, by the way. Oh, um, thank you. He saw your, you had a little segment about um, before we played the, before we started live here about cigarettes, smoking uh, cigarettes, and right. getting past that. And he said he wants to know how to overcome being addicted to eating and start working out more. How do I change my lifestyle for good? Oh, so he, is he real fat or something? Just get fat, and then you'll be unhappy, and then you'll work out. <laughs> That's what happened to me. I got like really fat. And I went to Alabama for a uh, family reunion, and the local paper said, hey, can we do an interview on you? I'm like, okay. And so they went, and I told my story. And the next morning, the paper came out, and it says, hometown boy, make it big. (laughs) And and when I saw that picture, I was so fat. I'm like, yeah, hometown boy made it big, all right. (laughs) I did not recognize myself. Oh, I had, I didn't, it's strange how fat can sneak up on you. 
That's not fair. You should be able to feel it coming. <laughs> because it's so hard to take off. And so I said then, and that was like a number of years ago now, I said, this is a shame. I'm not going to live like this. And so now I've been working out, eating a little better. But if you let go of the anger, all those things will start to fall away anyway. Because you're only eating like that because you uh, have anger and you're separated from God. Uh, food and sex are the last things that we have to overcome. Once human beings overcome food and sex, you'll be free. Isn't that amazing? You will be free if you can conquer that. Once you conquer that. Because you can conquer all things. So do the silent prayer. And that's, you know, get up and start walking and gradually doing something. And it'll work out. Don't, don't struggle with it. Take it easy. But you got to get rid of the anger. Yeah. Jeffrey Butler also gave uh, a super chat. <clears throat> he asked, how do you forgive a very angry person who does not believe that they have ever been in the wrong for anything? <laughs> I'm ready to forgive my ex and have peace, but I know there will be conflict. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to let Ed respond to that. You heard the question, Ed? I, I, I heard the question. I lived it. Um, so <laughs> not, with, not now, but not before. Now. No, uh, the ex. He has a good wife now. No, right. No, the, a man is blessed when he finds a good wife. Yes, sir. Yeah. No question about it. No, um, uh, you don't worry about what the other person thinks. It's yeah. what you start with. You, I mean, you suddenly you got your own life, and you're responsible for your own forgiveness. Yeah. The, whether they forgive you or not has nothing to do with you. That's right. It's, it's nice to get there. It doesn't feel that way at first because it hurts. On the other hand, the hurt is kind of like part of the healing process. The beauty is, to add to what Ed said, the beauty is that the other person don't have to do anything. They don't have to admit that they are wrong. They don't have to apologize. They don't have to, they can yell at you, scream at you, whatever. You forgive them and God will forgive you. It's set up that way. In the Lord's prayers, it says, forgive me as I forgive others. And God said, if you have a problem with your fellow man, go to them and forgive them. Do not ask them to forgive you. I will forgive you. And a lot of people have made the mistake of going to the person that they are angry at and asking them, would you forgive me for being whatever? That's not going to work. It's not set up to work that way. As a matter of fact, when you ask another person to forgive you, you just gave them authority over you. Because they're not going to forgive you. They see it as a weakness. They're like, yeah, okay, I forgive you. But, <laughs> but you forgive them because the problem is you are angry at them, and that's why you feel the pain. But you forgive them, and they can act any kind of way they want. Immediately you have compassion for them. Because you realize they can't help themselves. You can now see. So you realize they can't help it. And it's not personal. That's the beauty of it. So forgive them. Don't worry about how they're going to act. You're going to love them in the right way. But, but don't confuse compassion with expectation. You can't expect them. Don't expect that. To do anything. You can't that's expect right. them to suddenly forgive you, to be nice, to have do what's no right. Have no expectation. That's right. Uh, and that's the beginning of forgiveness. That's right. Uh, and then the other things do develop. But and just start to if, if you come have expectations, together. then they have power over you, like you just said. That's right. And a lot of people don't understand that. You forgive them. Even in, in marriage couples, if one is angry at the other, forgive your wife or forgive your husband. Then you can live together in the right way. Because the light that's shining through you will shine on them. You're not going to overreact to them. And that might cause them to wake up. It really will. But if you argue with them, they're not going to be able to see that they're wrong. Because they're going to judge you for being wrong. Amazing. I need to show you something that's really, really... And then I'll come back to you, James. I need, uh, where's Joel? Come here, Joel. I was thinking of this this morning. And, uh, uh, tell me your name again. In the back, yeah. Michaela, yeah. Come here, Michaela. And Joel, come up here, both of you guys. I want to show you what happened. And I'm thinking maybe if I do a demonstration <laughs> that this will help. 
it will help give you something to think about, all right? That's Joel and that's Michaela. Michaela just turned 15. 15. Isn't that amazing? I knew Michaela says she was changing diapers. And then Joel too. <laughs> um, so, what people don't realize, it's not what people do to you that's an issue. It's that you hate what they do to you. That's the issue. And when you hate an anger, resentment, and all that stuff, it's the same thing. It's the same spirit, right? And so, let me come here, Michaela. Right here, and Joel, you stand there. This is so much fun. <laughs> so, like, let's say you come into the world. Let me see. I'm gonna be the. Uh, I'll be the baby. Since I'm the oldest, this is my father and mother. <laughs> okay, so I, this is my daddy. This is my mother, right? And so I come into the world. I'm a baby. And being a baby, I am 100% free. No anger, no conflict, no confusion, just a living being. Observing my parents, living, getting my life source from them, and living. And so one day, uh, um, my daddy comes in late from work. And my mother sat there and listened to the devil. Where is, where is Joel? He's like 10 minutes late. He must be out with a woman. <laughs> and my mother said, no, Satan, he is not out with a woman. Because she's trying to fight him. And Satan said, yes, she is. I mean, yes, he is. No, Satan, in the name of Jesus, no. Because my mother's a Bible thumper, right? So she threw the Bible on him. And, but Satan, no, the Bible thumper is not going to work. So he come back uh, and he gives her an image. Remember that woman over at the church that was grinning up at him? He's with her. And she believed that it's over. So my daddy comes in. My mom is mad. Where you been? I was just, I worked a little late today. Why didn't you call me? I was worried. He's like, what do you worry about? If I was dead, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> but I was worried. Where were you? And now he's mad. And the moment they get mad, that is passed down to me. Because the light went out. And now I'm getting all the anger that they're getting. And so, and by them not having any sense, they don't work it out. And so they go to bed angry and do all that crap. He goes off to work the next day. Now my mother is mad at my daddy because she hasn't believed him. And now she's impatient with me all day long. Go sit down. I just want some water. I gave you some water. Uh, <laughs> oh, mommy, can I eat? Not yet. And so she's messing me up while dad is at work. Killing, turning that light off inside of me, right? And then long story short. And so finally, they either, they might stay together, but the mess is still happening. Or they divorce. Because right. my daddy said, you know what? I'm not putting up with this. I can't handle it. I'm out of here. You can have the child. I don't want the child. So go away, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so now my little wheat soul is left with angry mama. Because my dad is gone. I have no more light. My mother has no light. And now I'm getting, as a baby, getting all this darkness. All right? And so now, as I'm getting older... Because mom won't stop, I start be, be, coming like her, fussy, insecure, because you become like whomever you're angry at, right? Insecure, all in the name of Jesus, because my parents are Christians. And, uh, <laughs> and then, finally, I grow up. I'm a teenager. Now I'm on drugs. And, 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 and the people at the church say, what's wrong with your son? That ain't my fault. I did my best, you know, and then now I'm an adult and I'm away from mama. Go away, mom. And so I got all this pain, right? And then I go to the doctor, the psychologist or somebody. I said, look, I'm in a mess. I have anger. I have fear. I feel like killing myself. 
I'm going to die, blah, blah, blah. I hate myself and all that. And they say, oh, here's some medication. Take a Valium. Or in my days they had Valiums, now they have other stuff. And now I'm taking the Valium. And it's just making me drowsy and can't think straight or anything. So now I'm getting worse. But has someone come, come along and said, you know what, Jesse? Uh, you know, the body heals, but the spirit still feels the pain. And the reason the spirit is feeling the pain because it's separated from God now due to the mess that the, the sin that I was born into, you know, crazy family. And if somebody has just said, forgive your parents, they can't help it. It's not personal. And had I forgiven them right then and there, my soul would have been healed and I would have had no pain at all. Because it's this pain of the soul that you have because your daddy is no longer there to shine love on it. Your mother's not there to have love. So now you have this pain. And you can go through a whole lifetime because at that point, saints start telling you, you need more education. You need more money. You need more friends. You need to get married. You need to have children. You need this and that. And now you're trying to fulfill that void with those things. That would never do it. The only thing you need to do is to forgive. Realize that your parents couldn't help it, and in an instant your soul would be healed. And then you realize, wow, it was all about that. But the problem is you've gone to the experts, and they have dumbed you down with medication and all that. You can't even think straight. You're not feeling the pain. Or the preacher just throw more scriptures on you, and that confuses you as well. Just forgive, and you can be free. And that's what Christ came for. Everything is back in order. You no longer have to be suffering and afraid. And, but you have to let that ego die by forgiving. That thing that's controlling you now will die. And it's not you, but it's that spirit that made a home in you. And it feels like you and it sounds like you, but it's not you. Just forgive. And just that simple. That, and that, it's done. You would just automatically start living because now you can see. Now you don't overreact. You don't take things personally. You're honest with folks. You tell your friends the truth, but you won't get mad at them if they get mad at you. Because you will see that they cannot help it. And if you can see, can't nothing get to you. Nothing can bother you, really, because you, you can now see. You, you are alive. You have to die so that you can live. The ego had to die. It's just that. It's nothing else but that. Just forgive. Realize that whomever you're angry at, they can help themselves. That's all it is. That makes sense? Isn't that so simple? You can read the Bible until the cows come home. But if you don't forgive, it's a waste of time. You can learn the truth until you're black and blue in the face. If you don't forgive... Nothing going to change. You can get degrees. You can live in Beverly Hills. If you don't forgive, nothing going to change. You're still going to have that soul that's lost. But the moment you forgive, realizing I can't help myself, my enemy cannot help himself or herself, himself or herself, it's done. Isn't that like so simple? Just think, if someone had told you this years ago, you'd be having a good life right now. Good marriages, good children, good everything. But no one told you that. And if they mentioned forgiveness, it was so weak, you didn't understand how to do it. They didn't really tell you. And then they didn't tell you to forgive your mother. They say forgive your daddy. Because forgiving your mother is like, I said, Taliban is about attacking, right? The first thing they said, well, it's not your mother. I saw Phil Donahue. This morning I was flipping through the TV. And this 18-year-old girl was there with her father and mother. Apparently she had said that they harassed her or beat her up or something. I, I didn't see the beginning. And Phil Donahue was saying to the little 18-year-old girl, you shouldn't hate your mother. Because he asked her, who do you have the conflict with, your father? Are you angry at your mother or your father? And she said, my mother. And, uh, and he's like, no, your mother is the one that's going to be proud of you when you succeed. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Who did I say? Oh, Dr. Phil. Same thing. <laughs> 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 
And Dr. Fields told me an expert, and he made the girl feel that it was her fault. And the little Weasley father sitting there and can't do anything about it. And the girl said, I'm not angry at my father. I'm angry at my mother. And Dr. Fields said, oh, the father just a byproduct or something? She's like, yeah, I guess. And the girl was boohooing. But all he had to do was tell the girl, forgive your mother. She can't help it. You know, forgive your mother. And the mother was so fat. She like, looked like she was 500 pounds. And I'm thinking she hated her husband because he's weak. Women hate weak men. They do. Because they need men to be strong. There's nothing worse than a weak man. All right? And so just forgive. That's all you have to do. And you can live. Do the prayer. Forgive. Speak up. And we need to start doing it. Oh, I have one more thing I got to do. I'm looking at the clock. James, you have anything there? Yeah. Okay, I got to tell you this. I just realized something. Go ahead. Ignacio from Mexico um, gave a super chat donation. And Thank you, buddy. He asked, do you have any advice in finding a church? Yes. Don't look for one. <laughs> if it doesn't happen naturally, don't do it, buddy. Because all they're going to do is screw you up. Really, they're going to confuse you with the word. Because most preachers don't even know that the word is in our hearts. We live by the word. We're guided by the word. It's written in our hearts. Even the book says that. Look within. Word made flesh. Kingdom of heaven within. Look there. And once you look there, you'll find it, and then you can live. So you don't need a church. He said, I will always be part of this church. That's enough. But I live in Mexico and would like to meet people face to face. Oh, what you can do in Mexico, start a little thing yourself. You know, invite a few people over and just start revealing to them what you know. And one thing will lead to another one. Really. Just do it. Start right where you are. You don't have to look for anything. Everything you need is with you. All right? It's already there. Um, I want to show you the power that's in you. This is um, 2 Timothy 1.7. Can you read that for me? Sure. 2 Timothy 1. And people don't know they have this. The children of the lie should not be defeating us. We should defeat them. We should beat them. They should not be allowed to take our the children and use them. They should not be separating the races. They should not be uh, destroying men and families. But because you don't know about this power, you're allowing it to happen. We can be evil. We really can. But you got to let the anger go. Uh, so I want... 2 Timothy 1.7, correct? Yes. Okay. Hold on one minute. 1 through 7. Yeah, that will be good. Okay. Yeah. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. You know what? Go all the way down to 11. To 11? Yeah, 1 through 11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. No, I'm sorry. From uh, verse 1 through 11. Oh, verse 1 through 11. No, uh, let's see here. Yeah. So I want Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. Okay. Yeah. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting of my own, of my, uh, by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Thank you, man. And all the three things I want to focus on so you can become aware of it is that God did not give us a spirit of timid. Timidity. You're not supposed to be timid. 
You're not supposed to be going around, praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. They don't care about that. There is no power in that. Where's the power in that? Somebody asks you something, and rather than dealing with it, you quote the scripture. Well, First John chapter 2 said, that's a weakness. You're not supposed to be timid. And then the other one is, but the spirit of power and love and self-control. Isn't that something? We're supposed to have that. And believe me, we can have it. You let the anger go. You return to your original nature, which is his nature. You have that. And I have fear. I used to be timid. I was weak and pathetic. But that's gone. He took it away from me. I didn't even know you could live this way. I had read it in the Bible, but I didn't know it. But you can. Men and women of God, you can live a life without being timid, without having fear, but have the power and the authority given to you by God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And all things are possible. So if you have fear, you have doubt, you're a timid kind of a person, afraid to speak up, you haven't given up your anger yet. That's the nature of your father, the devil. All right. Because once you return to the father, you don't care what anybody think about you. You don't care about the threats and things like that. You're going to tell the truth out of love and knowing that God is with you. Love is always working things out. And love is not something you feel, taste or touch. It's something that is. It's a light unto your feet. That other love is not real love. That makes sense. So give up the anger. Christ came so you could be free. And in reality, you are free. You just don't know it because you believe a lie. But you're free. You are free men and women. And if you notice the children of the lie, what they try to do is just intimidate you. They call you racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, and all that kind of stuff. And if they can control you with words, they can destroy you. And then what they do, they make an example of you. If, you know, they take your job and then they let the world see that they're taking your job away from you to put fear in anyone else speaking up. That's how they do it. But if you stand up, I was downtown last weekend to that rally. Was it last weekend, right? The uh, March for our lives. What? March for our lives. March for our lives. I, I call it March against our lives. Uh, rally and where they want to take the Second Amendment. And so I get there and they are chanting racism, sexism, homophobism, all kind of ism, right? And I said, well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just truckloads of them. And then most of them were children, young children. We have a video coming out tomorrow, I believe. Um, so I went down in the crowd and I started chanting, chanting I started saying, you're racist. And one girl, uh, I, she heard me doing an interview or something. She's like, you don't belong here. You shouldn't be here. She plays on the movie Nickelodeon. I think so. Yeah. So uh, they had a bunch of folks from that show. I didn't know it at the time at all. And so she said to me, you don't belong here. And I'm like, what? I don't belong here? Did you say I don't belong here? I said to her, I'm a black man. You can't say that to black people. Don't you know you cannot say that? What's wrong with you? You are racist. You are. And right away, she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) 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 And then one of the main guys in the movie came over to where we were. He was like, no, you can't do this. I said, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a black man. White people can't tell black people what to do. Don't you understand this? <laughs> and they were running for the hills. It was so amazing. And then they gathered around me, and, they, and one woman started screaming, you abusing the kids or something? You're bullying the kids. You're bullying the children, right? I said, no, these are dumb children. (laughs) No, you're bullying the children. I said, no, you're dumb. She's dumb. He's dumb. All y'all dumb. All y'all dumb. And and I say that because I switched it on them. 
I gave them back what they've been controlling everybody else with. And they could not handle it. Wait until Dalai, you were there. Remember that? Yeah. What did you think about it? Oh, hold up for the mic. It felt like I was in hell around <laughs> the children of the lie. Yeah. It was sickening. It was, when all that evil is together, you are in the gates of hell. But you bring light into it by not being afraid. And, and then God will show you how to fight the battle. That's another thing I want to say in closing. Don't have a plan how you're going to fight your battle. Because Christians got a plan. And so like, and some people said to me, you shouldn't use the word racism. You say that racism doesn't exist. I'm thinking, wow, that's so dumb. So I know racism does not exist. Why shouldn't I use that on the enemies? They're the one using that word to control. Let them see how it feels. To be called that. And they do not want to be called that. Believe me, they don't. <laughs> it was so amazing. And they start, a whole bunch of kids start chanting. What do you say? Leave here? Leave them alone. Oh, leave them alone. Leave them alone, right? Bunch of high school thugs. And I started chanting, leave them alone. Leave them alone. I had a ball. <laughs> really. Because I don't have that fear. I have my father's love. And it's in you too, but you got to let the anger go. And because we got a serious battle to fight. We're trying to fight for the family. We want the races back together. We want to save the country. So you can't do it with fear. So don't have a plan, a set plan, how you're going to fight your battle. And if the Christians judge you for fighting it that way, forget about them. You fight the battle. Uh, my producer reminded me that most of the time it's not going to be the crowd with you anyway. God doesn't need the crowd. He needs one person who will stand in the light and stand up for the light. So don't try to have a crowd. And just live this life. You are free. Drop the anger. And one lady, I got to just say real fast, she wanted to know, she texted me or something, emailed me, what if your parents are dead, how do you forgive? By getting to know yourself. Once you see yourself and you see that war going on within you, it will help you realize my parents couldn't help themselves. And even if they are dead, that will cause you to forgive them. All right? So just get to know yourself and it'll work. We out of time already. So here's what I recommend. Do the silent prayer. Go to my website and do the silent prayer. All right? Um, we have counseling. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. You might need two sessions. Most of the time it's one. But we have the best counseling. We counsel with people around the world. So if you need counseling, let us know. And don't forget to donate. The one thing I want to tell everybody is that we're going to have to move out of this building. And so I've been looking for another building for the last three or four months. And I think I found one. It's really, really nice. It's just perfect for what we need. But I got to raise $400,000 to put down on it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's the down payment. $400,000. That sounds like a lot. I heard a couple of people go, oh, wow. Where's the mic? It's in Cover City. Oh. Compton. Oh. <laughs> Didn't it sound like a lot? I know. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot. I was just wanting to know if it was the down payment. Because when you're buying a commercial building, of course it's going to be. Yeah. What? It's about a four arm million. and a leg and a short thigh. <laughs> so Cover City will be good. Yeah, nice cover. I love Cover City. Yeah. And I hope to get somewhere around here. Oh, and so we finally found a place. So let's get going. Uh, so, what do you say, Dalla? That's all. Yeah, we're buying. Oh, good. Yeah, because I don't want to have to move again. Yeah. yeah. You know, you invest money into make it like we did here, and now we have to go. The Lord will provide. Yeah, He will. So, what I need out there in TV land and around here, I need you to help me raise the money. All right. So we can get it. I need you to help me raise the money. It's really nice. It's near the ocean. I just I've been looking all over the place. And then this one just fell in my hand. All right, so I need you to help me raise $400,000. And it sounds like a lot, but you spend $400,000 on drugs every year. <laughs> well, you need and I don't normally ask for money like that, 
I'm, I'm really making myself do it because it's a necessity. So all you smart people that know how to raise money and, you know, you got a little extra money laying around. or If you'd like to buy the building and donate it to us, that's even better. <laughs> it's a write-off. But we definitely need it. We're going to have to move. All right. And so far, the good thing about it, they haven't given me a notice as to what date yet. And so I'm looking as though they've given us a notice. But they have said we got to go. And so I don't want to do it under pressure. So we've been looking for a long time. We finally found a building. All right. So help us out. Help us raise $400,000. I'm sure somebody listening right now going to go home and let me write Jesse a check. Especially white folks. White folks got all the money. <laughs> Not anymore, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I really appreciate it. So help us raise $400,000. And happy Easter. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. Happy Easter.